Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for downloading Retrograding. It is our fourth and final episode of Launch Day. If you've made it through the entire day with us, what is your life and what are you doing with it? But if you did, thank you so much for listening. Just going to get in a few final plugs before we start. We are very new, so like and share our Facebook page and share episodes with anyone you think would like them 80s and 90 kids in your life and if you could give us a five star itunes rating all that stuff is going to help the show grow and help us do more with it secondly as always our music is made by the wonderful dominique barnes find her at dominique a barnes on soundcloud to hear more or contact her all right that is going to do it our next episode will be out in two weeks time which puts it at uh, march the first So I will talk to you then, and hopefully we won't do these notes every single time. Let's go! This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. This is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This week, we are looking at Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, to see if our nostalgia is warranted. Dedicated listeners to the podcast know that I brought this one forward. So, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a Cliff Notes version of the film, if you haven't seen it in a while or never saw this movie as a child. So, here we go. Act 1, Scene 1. Uh, Chance opens the movie with a voiceover explaining how he got to the family, but he isn't really a part of them yet. He's still essentially on his own. Uh, We find him at the wedding of Robert Seaver and Laura Burnford. Laura has three kids in tow. Jamie, Chance's owner. Hope, who has a Himalayan house cat. And Peter, who owns a golden retriever named Shadow. The newly formed Seavers are headed to San Francisco for Bob's job, so they are dropping off the pets at a friend's ranch while they are away. This goes very well up until Lady Cowgirl decides to go on a pre-planned trip. The spook Shadow, who realizes Peter's been gone far too long, and now he believes Peter is in trouble, so he's going home to help his boy. He and Sally jump over the fence, and Chance joins them after being chased out by a turkey, and we are off. The movie is told in two parallel stories that are of the three animals on the adventure and the family learning they are missing and trying to get them back. So the pets on their adventure encounter lots of wild animals and each one kind of has their own moment of peril. The first is Sassy, who tries to cross a river without touching water, but a branch snaps from underneath her, plunging into the raging river. Despite Shadow's best efforts, he cannot save her, and she goes over the edge of a waterfall. Luckily for us, and the audience of children watching, she's immediately rescued and nursed back to health and rejoins the team. Chance's moment of peril comes shortly after Sassy's return when he meets a weird squirrel having a bad hair day that turns out to be a porcupine. This porcupine bites Chance with his butt, leaving quills in Chance's face for a good part of the movie. So on the other side, we got the family, 
uh, we get some very good scenes of Bob showing amazing patience and understanding with the kids and their grief and growing closer to them in the process. He keeps trying to manage their expectations after they learn that the pets are lost, trying to get them so they don't get their hopes up and crushed later. Peter kind of rages against this because he's a prepubescent teen who is very emotionally connected to the pets and wants them to come back uh, to kind of smooth things over robert makes some lost pet posters which come into use a little later so back to the pets and their adventure they come across a small girl in the wilderness who they comfort and keep company into the morning when shadow hears and brings back the search party looking for her this brings them in contact with the parch rangers who have received the lost pet poster uh, recognize these pets from them and take them back to an animal shelter notifying the family that their lost pets are safe but wait to the animals, this shelter looks like something Chance fears the most, the pound. The dogs struggle, but are then taken in and Sassy escapes. She waits around until the coast is clear and breaks in and saves the two boys. They all escape just in time to miss the family coming to get them. The children, especially Peter, experience the very pain that Robert was trying to keep them from, and the animals on their journey mount a hill and see home for the very first time. It seems like smooth sailing until Shadow walks on a bunch of planks that snap underneath him, injuring his arm and leaving him at the bottom of a pit. Chance tries to go in and save him, but Shadow is hurt and old and tired and gives up, telling them to go on without him. We cut back to the family, who are now back home. Uh, Bob is playing basketball with the kids, and they all call him Dad for the very first time. Jamie hears barking in the distance, and the whole family listens intently till Chance bursts from the bushes and is engulfed in a sea of hugs. He is followed shortly by Sassy, who is scooped up immediately by Hope. Peter looks and waits for Shadow, but he's just not there. And he gives up. Peter turns to go inside when Shadow hobbles into the yard, hurt but excited to see his best friend once again. They all go inside, except for Chance, who lags behind and gives us a closing narration about how he is a part of this family now, and he'll never let them go. So, that is a movie in a nutshell, but this podcast is more than me just talking into the void of the internet. There's others here to talk with me as well. So, guys, uh, you saw this movie. Is there anything you saw as an adult you didn't see as children? Anything you didn't quite remember? Uh, I actually had, I think as a kid, I was more focused on the animals, and I had completely forgotten anything about there being a new father in the picture, or the controversy of him with the kids, how they didn't really get along with him at first. I didn't even remember that was going on until I started watching it again this time. I actually remembered almost everything about this movie, which <laughs> probably means I watched this way too many times as a child. The one thing that I thought of now that, because when I first started watching this movie, I didn't own dogs. I didn't get a dog until I was 11. So it was something that I was just like, eh. My thing that I know now, now that I have had multiple dogs, is mm -hmm. Shadow's probably at least 10 or above. He's old. And and Sassy's at least been with the family a while. Ch Chance is new, so he gets a pass on this one. But the thing is, were they never pet sat before? Like, did the family never go on vacation in the, like, oh, decade that they've owned the dog? Because they're all like, they're leaving us. We don't know what's going on. Did, did they never do this? Did they always take the dogs on vacation? Well, I guess not. You got to assume up until that point. I mean, 
the mother was kind of raising her on her own, maybe they just never left. And like the pets were consoling the children for their previous father, yeah. who's now out of the picture for some reason. That was what I had. I have no idea where the previous father is. They never talk about him or say why he is Dead. gone. Doesn't exist. That's kind of what I would have assumed. They're Jesus babies. Yeah, you assume he's dead or he's gone or something, but it's kind of brilliant because that doesn't really matter. It's true. Yeah. But it makes sense that Chance would be like, oh, the only time I've been left from my owners, they completely left me. Right. As opposed to the other, it's like, they just, they're <laughs> like probably like 12 or something shadow. And he's just like, I have never left my family ever. I'm like, yeah, my dogs get upset like the first time I leave them at the kennel, but then they're like, eh, we've been here before. Yeah, well, you mentioned Shadow's age, and it's something that I noticed now that I wouldn't never would have noticed as a child, is that Shadow's character is very old, but the dog they have playing him is not that old. You get some uh, young dog trying to act old in this film. Not all the time. His face is pretty white. They kind of mess with the character a little bit. He's an old dog, but... He can jump over a fence, no problem, with zero hip problems whatsoever, and he can outrun a mountain lion. Well, I mean, he's old enough that he's going gray in the face, but probably not to the point of, like, being super, like, I don't know, my eight-year-old big dog, like, real good at running still, and she's got starting to get gray in the face. Mm. Also, thing I noticed, they have multiple dogs playing Shadow, mm -hmm. uh, which, I mean, of course you would have to, but never yeah. something I would notice as a child. The giveaway for me was that one of the Shadows has these uh, black lines underneath his eyes, uh, and the other one just doesn't. I think most noticeably you can see this in the scene with the pit. It's very, very obvious. I thought I read something that they had 10-plus animals for this movie throughout throughout the filming of it probably i mean you'd need ones that were better at being like close-up ones and ones that are like more mm -hmm. stunt dogs yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh and the stunts in this movie are crazy like there's a scene where sassy climbs up on a fence releases the latch to free shadow and it's all done in one shot with a real cat uh. it's crazy also, I kept note of all the trained animals that they show up in this film. Uh, so they have ducks, pigs, chickens, an owl, a turkey, a skunk, bears, a mountain lion, a snake, a porcupine, a raccoon, and a crab, which may or may not be fake. Not to mention the main characters of dogs and a cat. It, the sheer amount of trained animals in this film is outrageous and amazing. I'm sure they didn't need to train the chickens too much. Just be like, have some chickens. <laughs> well, and I actually found that almost distracting now as an adult, I think, where I spent a lot of time, say, like more thinking to myself, what did they have to do to train the animal to do this rather than actually just watching the movie and paying attention to the story? Yeah, that part of that came up for me as well, because I don't think they could make that movie today just because I think there's more restrictions today than it would have been that time for, you know, animals use in film. You just get some of those dogs that are on like america's got talent they've always got trained dogs steal some of those <laughs> steal them don't yes. don't invite them um, steal them have them use i guess them. my other thing is that cop at the end when peter goes and is like my family members are missing he's real bad at handling children like mm -hmm. i get that he has to be like no this is not what we do you need to go somewhere mm -hmm. else but he's just like you're wasting my time you get out of here you dumb kid and i'm like this is the san francisco police department we have got time for pits 
This kid is like 11. Just be like. Hey, he did give him tips eventually. Yeah, after he he, like shoot him out for five minutes. I'm like, no, 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 no. Be like, maybe the, the like dog police would be better to handle this and by dog yeah. police i mean the shelter <laughs> oh, vets god like, i no i want police dogs like i <laughs> like zootopia but dogs instead of rabbits no i still said in the real world with humans just dogs that are cops to solve dog crimes i would watch that show <laughs> oh my god uh that could solve the mystery of who's a good boy who knows um the other thing is this definitely has what I'm going to now call the Brave Little Toaster plot, which mm. is the entire journey did not have to happen. Yep. Like, yeah. I'm glad it did because it's a fun movie. But I mean, if they had just chilled out for like a couple days more, everything would have been fine. Yeah, it all would have worked out on its own. It all comes down to one misunderstanding. Yeah. Except really, so the family moved away for this mm-hmm. new dad's job, right? Yes. And they were leaving the animals on the ranch. They were yes. going to come visit them. It's not like they were coming back to get them again. So if the animals wouldn't have left, they would not be part of the family. No, no, because I think it's more, I, th- I think if he was a professor of some sort and was doing like, just a couple months there doing some sort of right. guest thing. And then they were going Because at the back. end of the film, they're back to their original home. And and they talk about it as they're only staying there while we're there. It's, it's right. obviously dog sitting, long-term dog sitting. So let's talk about this. Why did they have to make the trip at all? I mean, he's a new father. He's going to be away for maybe a month or two can't he come back occasionally? Why did he have to take his entire family with him? Well, I guess because if you just got married and literally they leave right after the wedding, yeah. would you be like, hey, no honeymoon, have honeymoon, bye, have fun in a different town for a while. I'm not going to see you even though we just got married. I'd be mad. I'd be like, no, you ain't leaving me. We, I just got married. <laughs> you ain't leaving me. You are with me forever bye. now. <laughs> <laughs> why i'm not married <laughs> <laughs> okay we need to talk about the emotional notes of this film because there are a lot of them i probably almost cried about four times okay the, the first one for me which even as an adult upset me is when they are at the ranch leaving the pets behind they do not say goodbye to chance at all the dad throws the frisbee and then walks away before the dog gets back that is how they leave my question is because they didn't think they could get chance apart like chance would keep following them if he wasn't directed or was it for jamie who's probably about it's probably like six was it like we know if you have the dog and kid together just they're gonna be a mess and it's gonna make the worst trip ever so if we can get them distracted and apart maybe we can stick this little kid in the car and just get out of there before the crying happens Mm. oh and then peter's goodbye is even worse (laughs) because he's holding the dog trying to explain to him what's gonna happen and the dog knows that he's upset but doesn't know why and then peter gets in the car and drives away and it's just him out of the back window, waving goodbye. It is, it is the saddest, like, human dog relationship since Old Yeller. It's just like, ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want them to be okay. Oh yeah, I have written Peter saying goodbye to Shadow. So sad. That's one of my notes. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, and 
The other emotional notes are in the pet's moment of peril. Chances is kind of okay, because he, he gets hit, he gets hurt, but ultimately he's fine. Both Sassy's and Shadow's are heartbreaking, <laughs> because there is, looking back on it, there is no lead-up whatsoever. It just, something snaps from underneath them, and they are immediately hit with something. And most of Chance getting hurt is his own fault, because he's <laughs> real dumb. <laughs> Curiosity killed the puppy. Real <laughs> likable, but real dumb. Yes. Oh, Michael J. Fox in this role was absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah. Well, I like, mean, the banter that he and Sally Field oh, have it's a, woo, is just amazing. I, I made a, a note about it's a good thing this movie was created in the 90s and not now, because you know those Tumblr furries would have had fan fiction involving those two. It would have been awful. Oh, it would have been oh, no. uncomfortable. But you know <laughs> it would have happened. just imagining that. You know, no. don't don't trust Tumblr with with animals that get along well. It's bad. But the thing that surprised me so much about the banter, moving away from your Tumblr comment, <laughs> completely shifting gear, uh, was that the humor in the banter still works. Like a lot of their lines still hit, and like I had legitimate laugh out loud moments even as an adult. And I think one of the reasons it works is the truth the humor is based on is still accurate because the relationship between cats and dogs hasn't changed in the past 20 years. And I, I think it ref the animals relationships reflect the human relationships because not only are the humans forming this new family that they finally come mm -hmm. together at the end and when Peter calls him dad and stuff like that, oh. but you have these animals, Chance is fairly new, and by the end they've formed this relationship family as well. And so both groups in the end are are unified and have gone through all of this. So. Well, it's not only that, but each individual animal is kind of the personality of their owner as well. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. Chance was the young puppy who's running around getting into trouble, and his owner was Jamie, who was getting into trouble at the wedding. And <laughs> um, oh. I think the girl was pretty sassy. And, yes. and she was the cat's owner, and then and then there was the older son who was loyal to his past dad and want you know was the leader of the kids. Soul. He was yeah. like, yeah. I'm very serious, child. Well, he's he's a kid that has been through some shit. So you got to imagine that the divorce or the father's death, he's really the only kid of the group who kind of remembers the yeah. old family. Uh, but going back to these kids, the child acting is great in this film. Oh, yes. Uh, especially at the wedding. Uh, it is so quick, but each child's individual reaction to them getting married is spot on. Because you have Hope, who is a little girl, and she's in love with the idea of the romance that is going on. You've got Jamie, who's completely grossed out at kissing. And then Peter's reaction is so subtle, but in a look, he conveys that he doesn't know what this marriage means to him and his new family. He's happy but about his mom, but he's kind of unsure about Bob at that moment. And, like, it is so quick, but the look he gives is spot on for what his character should be doing. Also, at the very end, when Hope accidentally calls Bob dad, the immediate reaction of Bob is to look to Peter to, to think, is this okay? Do you <laughs> accept me? And, like, Peter's just like, yeah. All right, dad. 
that's who you are. And, and like, was, that moment works so well. Yeah, yeah. I, what was funny for me is because, again, I, since I had forgotten that whole dynamic of the story, like, she says that, and everybody just stopped talking and looks at each other, and it took me a good 30 seconds to figure out what was happening before. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh. But I think the, the biggest emotional moment where... Oh, well, there was two. There's two at the very end that made me... There's... When they finally get to the top of the mountain and look down, and Shadow's like, let's go home. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> they're almost there, and they're all together, and then it goes downhill from there again. But <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, but it's that musical sting. There's just this one musical string of notes that plays throughout, but it's always at the height of the emotional moments, uh-huh. and it... It just breaks your heart. It's so hopeful, but so... Yeah. I don't know. Yes. It reminds me a lot oh of... Um, there's a theme in Lord of the Rings, the soundtrack, that it mm. plays at um, the breaking of the Fellowship at the very end, and it's very hopeful, somber. but it's also very somber of, like, we've mm. gone through all of this stuff, but we still have hope that we're going to push on. And it's, right. it's that same sort of feeling oh, where you're both sad yeah. and happy and oh, is the other emotional moment at the end where Shadow comes in <gasps> yes! finally when when he's like Cause... he's old and he's tired he's making and now all of a sudden he and I have seen this movie so many times I knew it was all gonna turn yeah. out all right and still I'm like is he gonna come back is he gonna come back did he get out of the pit <laughs> is he gonna be okay. Oh, but the the dog acting they have, where he is hobbling into the field, and Peter just comes up and scoops it. Oh, it breaks my heart every single time. It's just a gut punch. Shadow is best dog. Shadow (laughs) is the greatest. He rescues a little girl. Oh, yeah. He is so protective of Peter. He's, He's... doing like teaching moments for chance and i'm like best dog shadow is best dog (laughs) oh but he is a very old spirit i think chance mentions at one time that he is embodying the spirit of the ancient dogs (laughs) who decided to take on man as a friend and protector oh so very good but like you mentioned the little girl Like, initially, the little girl is scared of these wild animals she meets, as she should be. But Shadow sits down and just like, no, I'm a good dog. You can trust me. And and, and and knows to go find them and be like, you have to come. You have to come. I found the girl. (laughs) I know where you're trying to go, and I want to take you there. Please. I thought of another really teary moment is when the father of the little girl thanks Shadow. Oh, for for yeah. rescuing her, and you're like, oh. <laughs> uh, though I did find some, I don't know, weird moments, things that didn't quite make sense. Uh, the first one I have here is Sassy's plan at the very beginning, where she is teaching Chance how to get food from humans doesn't work. The hope, so the thing of it is, her plan is to pretend you don't want food, then humans will give you food. But Hope scoops her up, waves food in front of her face, and then she's like, no, 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 I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't have one more shrimp. But she's already getting food. I think the way it worked is because she did that, she got two shrimp instead of one shrimp. (laughs) All right, but if the goal is to get (laughs) shrimp, this plan is useless. It's true. 
But I mean, she didn't eat anyone's blouse, so. Or yeah, or the entire wedding cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my favorite part about that is the grandpa is totally on board with this, even though it's his wife's cake. He's just like, oh, that that chance, what a rascal. Um, I think the thing that didn't make sense to me is when Chance gets attacked by the porcupine, and mm-hmm. then when they're taken to the shelter and he's getting them pulled out, did they yeah. not sedate him? Like, they're ripping those things out of his face. Yeah. Give him some drugs or something. Like, But if he would have been sedated, he wouldn't have been able to run away. It's true. But, like, if that was, if they were good vets, that dog would have had been, like, real loopy and out of it and not would have been able, would not have gone anywhere. And if he hadn't freaked out and tried to go somewhere, the others would have stayed. They needed. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, they totally should have sedated him there. But the uh, the moment where Chance gets with a porcupine it reminds me, as a child, this is one of the many times where I wanted to jump inside of the movie, Last Action Hero style, and help out these pets. Like, I, I was seriously distressed as a child that if I could only be there, I could help out these animals. I'm going to make another connection to a movie we've already watched, which is yeah. The Goonies. And Chance has a, has a chunk moment during that point when they're pulling out the porcupines where he's like they're hurting my first his first reaction is i am going to confess everything bad i have ever done (laughs) and it's very the same as the goonies where he's just like i don't i don't know what i'm in trouble for but i will confess to everything (laughs) yeah i have literally written down chance has chunk level of confession (laughs) none of it makes sense none of it Applies to right then, but he is just right. gonna get it all out there. Oh, this could be his last moment. Oh, um, another crazy thing which I didn't understand. So, while the pets are at the ranch, they decide to call the ranch to see how the pets are doing, and Peter is on the phone with Shadow. Shadow doesn't know what's going on, he can't understand anything that's happening. So, the thing that doesn't make sense Peter finishes his phone call. And then Hope, his sister, asks him what Shadow said. Like, legitimately asks how things are going at the ranch, heard from Shadow. How old is Hope supposed to be? I'm bad at children ages. They're all like 10. But I think <laughs> as children, they would believe that the dogs are talking to them sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, but he is so specific as to the information he gives. He, he I think one of his lines is, uh, he said that Sassy's having a lot of fun there. He doesn't know that. Well, he's trying to comfort Hope in that. Or, or he has a psychic bond with Shadow, which I would believe. Like. <laughs> probably. But uh, as far as children age go, I was thinking Peter is probably just shy of pubescent. So somewhere around twelve. Yeah. Uh, Hope maybe seven, eight, I'd somewhere around there. Nine. I'd put her like nine or ten. Nine or ten, and then uh, I think we mentioned Jamie is probably six range because yeah. we find him at kindergarten at one point. Yes, and he drops a pumpkin. Oh God, that scene still gets me. Where they learn that the pets are okay <laughs> and, and are like getting the family out. individually together. Ready to get in the car and go get them? Bob does some really great stuff in those first couple, those couple scenes in that area. When, because I mean, if he'd been a terrible person after Peter yelling at him, he could be like, "Whatever, not my kids." Yeah, exactly. But he he does the whole 
um, does all the posters and is late to a meeting trying to get all of these missing posters put up and stuff like that because he's struggling with the coffee machine and and he knows we found them we have to do it now we can't wait we have to let them know now yeah oh it's so very good uh, it's played by Robert Hayes who you, you will know from uh, being the main character in Airplane, but he's borderline unrecognizable in this role because, uh, I mean, it's a tribute to the actor just because he's not zany at all. He's not trying to be funny. He's just in the character trying to comfort these children. He's, he's the best stepfather because he never really, in trying to get them to like him, he's never really super pushy about it. Mm -hmm. He's just really trying to understand how to connect with them. Yeah, like, and at best, the worst thing he does is try to manage their expectations so yeah. they don't get hurt. But yeah, it's rare for this era, because you... Error. It's rare <laughs> for this era uh, where you have films like Mrs. Doubtfire or Liar Liar where the stepfather is the villain of the movie. Which Whereas here, he's just trying to be a good guy. In, in, in a lot of those movies they'll portray them as the villain even if they have done literally nothing wrong. Like in Liar Liar, that one guy is a real nice guy, but yet he's portrayed as like the worst person in the world. Yeah, it, it's Carrie Elwes in that movie. I think the worst thing he did is try to emulate the claw game yeah, that the father the has with his son. The worst thing he does son. is he tries to get in on an inside joke. I'm sorry, <laughs> if that's the worst thing a potential step-parent has done to you, you need to chill. <laughs> Uh, so one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie as well is that, you know, working with animals, you never get perfect shots, but the way that this film dealt with it is they used these imperfect shots and then incorporated into the voiceover so that it was just this character having a moment and the character meant to do it, even though the script didn't call for it. Because we get uh, the chance with the trash cans. As he is going over, like, he's wobbling all over them, and he actually knocks one over, but barely makes it. And, like, when you're making a film, these are the moments you look for. Because they couldn't have planned the trash can to go over, but using it works so very well. I was just going to, there was another time where they're running and he falls on his face. Or one yeah. time when he runs into a tree. and <laughs> Yes! I have that one written down. Uh, or uh, with the quills. Uh, Sassy's trying to get out of Chance's face. But for whatever they did, she doesn't go for the quill. The cat actually bites his lip. And then they just incorporate that into the voiceover. It's genius. And it seems like... It makes it seem like they did it on purpose instead of a happy accident. Oh, also, one of the, I guess, happy accidents that Disney had in this film is they're using a lot of references that are still relevant to today. Uh, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger. It kind of felt like in Aladdin, how the genie does it, where there's these references that... Why why does a genie know these references? Why does a dog know these references? <laughs> but but they work somehow? Yeah, Birdzilla. I think Birdzilla. they lucked out that these people are still relevant 20 years after the film yeah. came out. But, like, they played the Mission Impossible theme, and yes. they're still making Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> Disney called it. <laughs> 20 years ago, Disney knew this would happen. Absolutely. There were a lot of really good, like, animal sound effects, though. Every mm. time an animal whined, I was like, I'm gonna cry. Please, please stop making that noise. It hurts my heart. <laughs> 
Oh, um, and alongside with that, a lot of times the animals are growling. You can tell that that's overdub instead of the actual animal doing it. Uh, I think Shadow does it a bunch at chance, where you can tell, hmm, this dog's not growling. <laughs> but I guess the character is. I mean, they don't really talk. They weirdly have psychic connections to each other. Well, sometimes they talk, like, the the English words are, like, psychic, but they can still bark. They can still, like, make noise. Yeah, though it is tied to their mouths, even though their mouths aren't moving. Because when the dogs get muzzled, it messes with their ability for the character to talk. I don't know how those those dog universe rules work. I, <laughs> If I learn how to speak dog, I will get back to you on that. Well, that may come up later. Uh, so, another thing I noticed. Chance encounters three bears. It's supposed to be the children and their mother. But these bears are clearly not related, because the children are black bears, and the mother is a brown bear. That's not how nature thing. works. Don't be mean about adoption. <laughs> bear adoption. Bear adoption. So in your world, this mother came along some bears, clearly not her own, and just decided, you know what? These bears are mine. Yes. That's, that's how this movie went. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite parts of this film... Shadow tells a ghost story about a moose. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, a completely ridiculous story of how what mooses do and what they look like. That is, no way. I mean, mooses are scary enough in real life. And he's like, let's take something that's super scary and make an urban legend that is nothing like that. Like, mooses will mess you up. They don't need to be exaggerated. Yeah. They will bite the tails off of smaller animals and they don't need to climb trees because they can reach them naturally. Yeah. I think that's maybe a giraffe. An evil <laughs> giraffe. W one of the things that I had kind of forgotten about, I remembered it when I saw it, but I still use, there's a phrase from this movie that I still use in my everyday life, which is the the na 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 bat dog. Every time my dog sticks her head out the window and has the ears flapping up, I call her Bat Dog, and it comes from watching this movie. I had forgotten. That was one of the first lines I remembered. <laughs> but I forgot. Because I remember that's, using that as a kid. That's but. why I call my my dog sometimes Bat Dog is because of this movie. Oh, good. That is fantastic. I thought you were going to say cats rule and dogs drool. Yeah. I mean, which. I didn't remember it until oh. I saw this movie. It's just like, yes, of course that's yes. from this film. Um, I remembered really well the the teeter-totter scene with them flinging the cat. Yes, that I called that, I uh, I called that Chekhov Seesaw. Because they, oh, um, this wasn't in the, the recap. So at the very beginning of the film, I think Chance is messing with Sassy. She's climbing across the seesaw, gets all the way to the other side, and then Chance pounces on one end, flinging the cat into a sandbox. 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 Which she calls a full-size litter box. Uh, and then later in the film, we realize, oh, the animals know how to use seesaws. This is how they get rid of the bobcat that is chasing oh, them. Oh, another connection. It's, it's um, Land Before Time. <laughs> Oh, right. At the end. <laughs> Though, a note I had on this that cat lands in the river. It is still fine. It can still hunt these dogs. Mm -hmm. I think now it's just scared of them because if they like, were able to do something to this, it. This is too much work. I, <laughs> I do not have time for this. I'm just going to go hunt some fish, I'm I guess. Gonna, I'm going to go eat that porcupine. 
Well, the porcupine was after that, wasn't it? I want to know who the random hunter guy was. Like, he was a bird watcher, but he had yes. this random cabin out in the middle of the woods by himself. And when it did the wide shot, he had wild deer roaming in his front yard, but it looked like it was a fenced-in area. He's just a mountain man. Don't Yeah, he's just him. a Henry David Thoreau type person, living out in the wilderness, writing Walden, probably. <laughs> um, and that is... I have seen both versions of this movie, although I've seen this one a lot more. And that is also a scene that pretty much is straight from that original, I think straight from the mm. book, too. And it's it's amazing how close the plots are between all three of them. Like, they line up pretty well. The only difference is we're going to do the same plot, we're going to add more family human drama, and also we're going to let them talk now. Because <laughs> the original just had, like, a narrator. It was in... Like the 60s when Disney was real into, let's just set things in the wilderness. Uh, right, okay. And it was the, because my dad was like, no, I watched that movie because it was like the first incarnation of like the Sunday night Disney movies mm. is is they played it, which came back in the 90s. I really want to go back and watch that original one. Because I was thinking of a classic section, which we should bring back. How would Hollywood ruin this film? And I think Hollywood has plenty of chances to ruin it, because I legit still love this movie oh, as so an adult. Uh, but, like, nowadays, I think the pets would be animated. Their mouths their would voices, move. Yes. Their mouths would move. And you'd miss all the happy accidents that came out of this film that work so very well. But I was thinking, one of the things that they could do that I would actually enjoy is if they went back to, like, traditional animation, like 2D, kind of in the style of Peter uh, drawing his dog in class, I think that would work so amazingly well. And I think I'd really enjoy seeing that. I mean, they might have ruined it by doing the sequel, but I cannot remember if the sequel is good or bad. And... Never saw I, the sequel. I know Never I saw it. Never cared the sequel. I literally have no idea what happened. I don't know. They got lost again. I saw the first half of it uh, <laughs> this week when I was watching the other one. <laughs> so do they just get lost but, again, but in urban well, areas the, and stuff? they're going on vacation. The family is taking a trip to Canada for a camping trip, and they're taking all of the animals with them. And Chance doesn't want to go in the cargo bay of the airplane because he thinks his family left him again because mm. they all have to send him down to the... Chance cargo needs to chill area, out. I think, I think he's right. So learned. they all break out of the cargo stuff and run around the airport, and then the plane takes off without them. And so now they're trying to find their way home again. And that was about as far as I got. So basically, so. everything happens because Chance freaks out and cannot yes. calm down. Yeah. But wasn't the whole movie about him learning? Hey, this is my family. They're not going to leave me. It's great. And then immediately it's like, no, they've deserted me again. Well, that's the problem with sequels, is a lot of time they have to retcon how the progress the animals made to actually justify having another movie. Maybe this time the humans got lost, and the dogs <laughs> just sit around. <laughs> oh, that would be, that'd be very interesting. <laughs> I would want to see that movie. Uh, but I was looking back on this film. I think the only thing that dates it is that at one point Bob is using a computer and a printer Whoa. that wouldn't fit in today's society. <laughs> yeah. But, like, other than that, you could release this movie today, and I think it would still do very well. Oh, I think so. I'm, I might be biased. I love this movie. 
you release it today and they'd be like, oh, I had a GPS chip installed in my dog's collar, so I know exactly where it is. Well, yes. I think if you release it today but set it in the past, still works so very well. Yes. So another note I had here is when uh, Sassy is breaking in with the Mission Impossible theme to save Shadow in the cage, she is getting literal cat calls from the dogs. My question, are these dogs attracted to cats? I don't want to know. Well, okay. Are so we going along... back to my uncomfortable conversation from before? <laughs> Maybe. Don't. I, don't. I don't think these dogs are furries. <laughs> okay, but so my question was, the dogs at the, at the shelter talk to her, mm-hmm. and, the, and then Chance and Shadow and Sassy all talk. Mm-hmm. They run into all those other wild animals that you mentioned. None of them are able to communicate with them at all, other than animal noises. Maybe you learn to be psychic once you're domesticated? That's what I was wondering. That I don't... could be it. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, none of the animals on the farm talk. None of the bears or mountain lions talk to them. So maybe there's, like, going back to previous things in uh, Land Before Time... The herbivores and the carnivores had different languages. So maybe it's mm. like that. Maybe the wild animals and the pet animals have different languages so they can't communicate to each other. So maybe the bears can communicate with, like, the porcupines. Or maybe... The weird squirrels. <laughs> the weird squirrels. Or maybe <laughs> none of the wild animals communicate because then it would make it really awkward when you then try to eat them. <laughs> like, my dinner will not stop talking. <laughs> I thought that was a, a good through line throughout the movie, actually, where Chance le- Chance loves turkey at the beginning and end of the film, and then realizes where turkey actually comes from, and is super scared of it. Chance is did smart. He, did he ever Big know that those were the same things, though? Uh, no, I don't think he made a connection. But, he knows but as an what audience, we do. Are. Oh, that's true. Because he talks about wanting to eat the chickens and makes a kfc reference uh, yep <laughs> but he, he so he knows what chickens look like both as food and as animal but he doesn't know turkeys or maybe hmm. he's just terrified of the turkey <laughs> well the turkey is pretty terrifying Large well, luckily he was there or chance would not have gone on the yeah, adventure that's with the, the only two. reason he went is because he was scared of a turkey how would the adventure have turned out without him is he important in the slightest i mean i guess for the seesaw um, and they, and he made uh, Shadow get out of the pit at the end. But, but Shadow doesn't get out of the pit. That's right. He just teleports to the family's yes. house. We don't know how Shadow escaped. <laughs> we just know yeah, he does. I mean, it's another... That specific moment is another part where I wanted to jump into the film and just help these animals out. Because it is heartbreaking. When Shadow hits the bottom of that pit, the first shot, he is knocked out and he appears dead. Dead. Yeah, he doesn't move, and they're just like, Shadow, Shadow, are you going to move? Are yeah. You? And I'm like, oh, this. God. And then he gives up, which is so atypical of his character. I get why it happens, so that they can pass the torch to Chance. But it just, it broke my heart as a kid, because he has been the driving force this entire adventure. He's the only one who actually knows where he's going for some reason. And I think that was the point, that he's been the one who is so motivated and so loyal. He's the one leading them to get home, and now that he's giving up, it's just driving home that point that he's really suffering. Or And, and maybe he's the one who hasn't 
throughout the movie, he's probably, until that point, has the least amount of terrible things happen to him. Oh, yeah, this is this is his moment of peril. Yeah, and I think he's a lot older, and so for... Maybe it's like like elderly people who are like, I'm gung-ho and it's fine, but the moment they break their hip, it's like, the world is over, I'm gonna die. And maybe this was Shadow's moment of that, of he was great, but now he's tired and worn out, and to him, with his leg possibly broken and all this stuff, he mm-hmm. he can't go on anymore. Like, that was kind of the the straw that broke him in this journey. Well, one of the things that bothered me, even as an adult, is Chance and Sassy get back to the family. They have left Shadow in a pit. At no point did they think to take the family to the pit where their beloved dog is. Well, he he doesn't he isn't that far behind them. It's only a couple minutes really. So maybe they all got out at the same time, they just run faster? Maybe. And they just didn't were too excited to stay with him because they have attention problems. That's what I I thought the same thing though because he was like oh just go on without me I can't make it and I'm like Shadow just went and found the family to bring back to that girl they found in the wilderness why can't you just go get your family and bring them back here I assume they knew he was coming okay they just I mean obviously they don't speak English. And, well, at right. the end, at the end, they did. But at the point that he falls in the pit, why couldn't they just say, "Oh, we're gonna go home quick and bring the family back here"? Maybe they didn't know how to get back. Maybe only Shadow knew the way back. Yeah, well, we should talk about that. How does Shadow know where to go? Because dog, like that's a real dog thing. Dogs will really? be able, like. There's stories of dogs going hundreds of miles to go back. Horses to their, can do that too. To their I own think. homes to find their owners, like. Wow. There's all sorts of things about dogs, like okay. knowing how to get places that they they shouldn't just to find their owners. Like now, that's very strange because, like, as a species, dogs don't tend to migrate. No, like I could see it in birds or like in salmon who have to go upstream to spawn. But yeah, it's it's a weird nature trait. I wonder why dogs have that. Because they love us so much. <laughs> oh, probably. All right, looks like we are wrapping this up. Are there any final notes you guys have on the film before we go on to games? Oh, I have to say, I found an article that dog makes 500-mile journey home from from Virginia to South Carolina to be reunited with his owner. So, like, this is a real thing that dogs just do sometimes. (laughs) Who knows? They go off on a crazy weekend, decide to come back. They don't like being left. They're going to find you. They're going to get you, get you, get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! one of the final things I had. Uh, I forgot about this song until I heard it in this movie multiple times. But the family sings Witch Doctor. Oh, yes. Oh, it's so very good. That's one of my favorite songs as a kid. But another moment I wanted to jump in the film because they miss the pets by inches. <gasps> yes! Oh, it's like, no, just stop. Just wait a moment. Just just, just turn around. The family is right there. Oh. And Shadow even said that he's, oh, for some reason, I want, I feel like yeah. I should be going that way. Yeah, some, something's wrong. He just knows. Yes, he's, it's that psychic connection. Well, and then he even said at one point, because Chance said something about, how do you know where we're going? And he says, I just do. You will do know it someday, too, or something. <laughs> All right. Ready for games? Game time! Game time! Woo! 
Our first game is the pitch movie, or a game where you're trying to describe this film to somebody who's never seen it before. So, describe this film by titles of other films. Uh, in the form, it's this meets this. I cheated a little because some of mine aren't other films, but but it still fits in the okay. rules. They're just questions. Yeah, if it's it's a if it's a cultural touchstone, yes, something everyone yes. would be aware of, then I think it works. Actually, one of my ones with a movie, no one will have heard of this movie. All right, let's go round table. <laughs> I'm going to start. By title alone, this film is Cats and Dogs meets The Great Outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who's next? Um, well, we, we mentioned earlier that this follows along the same, the same plot almost as Brave Little Toaster. So I had one that had that, but I'm going to skip it and go to the other one. Okay. That was uh, Look Who's Talking Now and Man of the House. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I also have Man of a House. Well done. Okay. So my first one is Marley and Me meets nice. Polly without the dying. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> no one besides me has seen the movie Polly. That's what? the one with the parrot, right? The parrot yeah. He finds his yeah. way home. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's great. Okay. I think so I think a lot of our listening that. audience has heard this. Uh so Mark, I also put Man of the House because this is a rare feature where the stepdad is one of the heroes of the film. Right. Uh, but I have, it was Man of the House meets The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Was, was Man of the House the, the Chevy Chase one? Yes, with yes. JTT. Yeah, I love yeah. that movie. Where they yeah. go on a camping trip and thwart crime for some reason. Yes. <laughs> for some reason. They're like on a Boy Scout trip. Yeah. All right, Mark, do you have another one? Uh, no. No, All not right, anymore. cool. Sarah? <laughs> My one that is real weird, but it is Oregon Trail meets that Sarah McLaughlin commercial. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Because, yeah, no, I yeah, get right? it. It's very touching animal moments. It makes you want to be like, I must have all these dogs. I, they must all. <laughs> I be have to save by the me. dog. <laughs> uh, so the next one, since this film features Michael J. Fox trying to get back home and Sally Field being sassy, I have Back to the Future meets Soap Dish. Oh, I love Soap Dish. Let's watch that one. <laughs> I have never actually seen that. <laughs> I haven't either, but I know that she is an actress on a soap opera. That is true. So I figure she will be pretty sassy. I'll, I'll put it on our list. <laughs> All right. um, do you have another one, Mark? I already said no the first time, so I still do not. Okay. I have I have The Hobbit meets The Fox and the Hound. Mmm. Yeah. I love that a lot. All right, my final one has to do with the pets in the movie. I said it was Air Bud meets The Little Rascals meets That Darn Cat. <laughs> and before you guys correct me online, I am aware that the guy in Little Rascals was Pit something, a pit bull probably, and this one is an American bulldog. But you know what? I don't care. It's the closest you can get with bulldogs in cinema. Which which version of That Darn Cat? Uh, the... Mm. I have no idea. I've never seen one. <laughs> oh, there's, the, there's the old classic how, Disney how one. How can and... you use movies that you haven't seen and because say that... the the title works? I think that it, it, but it's another one that had like the original was pretty old, and then they remade it in like the '90s. Because I think the remake had like Christina Ricci in it. 
Or maybe. Uh, yeah. Steve. Right. Steve. What's it? Gutenberg. Buscemi. Maybe? Oh, Gutenberg. Was it Gutenberg in that one? I don't Someone know, like probably. that. Someone Gutenberg-y. All right, so that uh, was Ramon. All right, I am out as well. Let's go on to our second game. Gutenberg wasn't in Casper. <laughs> <laughs> our second game is alternate tagline. So, uh, just a word or a phrase or groups of individual words that can describe the theme of this movie. Uh, so, the actual tagline for this film, I looked up, and it is Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. In the classic tradition of Walt Disney Pictures comes a story about courage, adventure, and friendship. One of mine is actually based on the original tagline. Very nice. So, try to do better than Disney. Let's go. Who's got one up? Alright. So my one that's based on the real tagline is Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. In the classic tradition of Walt Disney Pictures comes another movie that will make you cry as an adult. <laughs> Uh, so, any Disney movie, mostly. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Involving animals. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I go. I've got uh, Homeward Bound. Oh, so this will be, uh, I think, a retrograding classic. Because uh, we've already used it once before. Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Guys, we should have just stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we talked about that on one of the other shows, and I thought about it the whole time in this movie because I knew that it was the same same oh, yeah. idea where that nothing would have happened if they would have just stayed there. Yeah, my, yeah, my exactly. other one is similar to that, which was Homeward Bound, The Unnecessary Journey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, why don't you jump in here? You got one? Um, well, I have one. Homeward Bound, Mountain Lions, Weird Squirrels, and Bears. Oh, my. <laughs> Um, and then another again, following yeah. the the original, from the makers of Fox and Hound and Old Yeller comes another movie about sad dogs. <laughs> oh, so I've got a few more. Uh, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Sometimes you can go home again. Aww, that's a good one. Yeah. You should join Thank the marketing you. department of Disney. <laughs> Uh, my final one, Homer Bound, The Incredible Journey. What say this time, we don't save the cat? <laughs> <laughs> they really nice. didn't. Yeah. Like, it's a classic screenwriting thing that you save the cat and it endears you to these characters and they just broke form in this film. What, like Alien? <laughs> save the cat. Oh, yes. The actual cat. The um, um. space cat. Space cat. All right. Our final game is the TV guide game. It is a description of the film you may find in a TV guide that'll be technically accurate but missing the point of the entire film. Um, well, my first one is um, small animals waste government resources because <laughs> the amount of different like organizations that try to help in this or don't help, like they even say you're wasting time, police time and thing, but then they have like the what are the people in the mountains what are they called rangers Mountain yeah the, like the, the the rangers Hermits. in the mountain are, lo are looking for them that they call and then they have the shelter and all of this stuff and it's just like that's a lot of work for three pets <laughs> like those those tax dollars all right so i got one here um three members of a family break out of captivity in pursuit of the people that put them there <laughs> Oh, so now we're making it into 
a crime drama. It is a crime drama. <laughs> yeah, with dog cops. <laughs> yes. Okay, we have the pilot for your new show. Mm. <laughs> um, new father puts family pets in danger to bond with children. Mm. Alrighty, well that'll do it for games here. Let's go on to ratings. So, first rating we gotta give is the potato scale, rating the emotional notes in this film, letting people know what to expect out of it. Uh, we will eventually post this thing. I don't know when or where, but we'll do it eventually, I assure you. I had it as mashed potatoes, which mm -hmm. on our list is the heartwarming movie. I don't know if we have a potato on our list that this just says family movie. But it would be hmm. in that category for me. I don't okay. think... I wouldn't say that it's only for children, because as an adult, there are still plenty of things about it that can hit you. <laughs> um, as we approved. Yes, yeah. and, and it still has the emotional impact as an adult, but um, I, I guess I still wouldn't rate it, you know, like the, the best ever potato but, as, as <laughs> but heartwarming, yes. So definitely yes. mashed potato. Sarah, go ahead. <laughs> Mine is a bowl of mashed potatoes with five guys fries on top because it is heartwarming and the best thing ever. Like, yeah, I find no faults with this movie. I mean, I am, I am yeah. right there with you. And in terms of the emotional notes, this film still makes me cry. It still makes me laugh. The banter works very, very well. And I think every emotional note that it tries to hit, it still succeeds 20 years later. Yeah, and I mean, we nitpicked in this episode, but even oh, then yeah. we barely found anything to complain right. about. This is our probably our shortest and our least funniest episode, just because two of us legitimately enjoyed watching it and didn't take notes the first time. Yeah, I was too busy being involved mm. in making sure these dogs didn't die even though i and don't and cat but even though i know that they don't <laughs> you just right. don't care about the cat i forgot to mention this in the the talk about it before but speaking of emotional notes the mark of a great film is that as a child you side with the children characters and as an adult you side with the adult characters and this film does that very well. I found myself more on the side of Bob trying to manage children's expectations than I was on the side of Peter, who was just in love with this dog and wants to go out and save him. So I think that was a very smart screenwriting ploy that Disney put into place. And I think it still works. I, I think you really understand everyone's point of view in this movie. No one is really doing really stupid, unrealistic things. All of them are very relatable. Like, the children's like goals are relatable the the animals goals are relatable and the adults yeah. goals are you you relate to all of them at different times so i think for that very reason this will be my first five guys fries i think this is the gold standard of what we were looking for to get another five guys you're gonna have to be up here with this yeah exactly so second rating is the rewatchability scale so scale from one to you never want to see it again to 10 you would recommend this movie to everybody you know what would you guys rate this as a rewatchability 10 out of 10 like i will watch it again after we stop recording this like yeah i am right <laughs> gonna go watch you. it right away 10 out of 10 like i would show this movie to my niece who is like one years old, we get a kick out of it. I would show it to my future children because I think it still holds up and I don't think anything's going to age in it 
because it's based on a relationship between cats and dogs, which doesn't change with technology. You should show this, watch this movie with a future partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. See oh, yeah. how they react. If they are not emotionally moved by this movie, do not date them. <laughs> so no one can they date Mark. They are not Mark. human. Hey, I never said that I was not emotional. I just don't think... I don't know. I, I, I still would put this at, at a 9 or a 10. I would okay. be right there with you. It's There were some of it that I think is directed specifically to children, which is fine, but some of it I didn't appreciate. Like, It was still good jokes and good emotional points of the movie. There were just some lines in the movie that I didn't appreciate as much now as I would have as a kid. I, I think the reason Disney does children's films so well that people enjoy watching them as adults too is it's the same reason like sesame street was so good they never mm -hmm. talk down to the children yes mm. some of the jokes are a little simpler and more child focused but they're never like you're a dumb child and so we have to dumb this down so you understand it they're still they're still good relevant things like it's it's not like watching one of those like preschool shows where it's like can you find the door because oh, you're real God. dumb like, yeah, it's, pick it's one like, of these three objects to be the backpack. Hey, you found the backpack. It's never condescending towards children and acting like they won't comprehend what's going on in a good story. Mm -hmm. And so Disney does that for a lot of theirs where that's why they age so well is because yeah. that thing, it's ageless, those messages. The idea of family and connection and stuff, everyone can relate to that no matter your age. Mm-hmm completely agree so mm -hmm. this is going to wrap up another episode of retrograding if you'd like to reach out to the show you can find us on retrograding on facebook uh at retrograding pod on twitter and retrograding podcast at gmail if you want to email the show so to wrap things up we are going to do to do a section i'm going to call carl's morals or coral's morals if you like uh it'll be something oh sarah yes go were we gonna say what our movie for next week is? Oh snap! We should. <laughs> yeah, I was I was oh, waiting for that. I thought goodness it was gracious, be next. you <laughs> saved us. I was ready to jump on. I forgot what sections we actually have. We um, need a list. Yeah, probably. So, Mark, I think you've chosen our film for next time. Well, do you know how you want to reveal it to us? Um, not exactly. No. All right. <laughs> I, I thought at some uh, we should do a twenty questions and let you guys Ooh. guess at what you think it might be. Okay, okay. Um, so do you want any hints to begin with? Well, or... it is. Is it somewhat related to this film? Yes. Okay. Does it involve Are you animals? Count that as a question. No, no, no. I think that is a a given, and that's enough of a hint for us to start. Right, and that's what my hint was going to be. So. Okay. okay. Does it involve animals? No. Is it animated? No. Is it a Disney movie? I don't think so. <laughs> hmm. Is it, it another... Oh, go ahead. No, go. Is it another Journey movie? No. Does it involve step-parents? Oh, FYI, I lied. It is a Disney movie. Okay, <laughs> we got one. Does it involve step-parents? Yes. Ooh, um... Is it the movie we already talked about on the podcast? 
Yes. Is it Man of the House? <laughs> it is, correct. Yes! <laughs> all right, so I'm down. we spent all that time talking. I only mentioned it in my thing, and then you guys spent another 30 seconds talking about it, and I was like, well, good thing you want to watch it again. Because <laughs> uh, I, I remember really liking that movie. I always, for some reason, put it in the same category as Jungle to Jungle. I, yes. yes, I think it's because it, they both have characters from uh, Home Improvement. And I think they both involve a, a father-son bonding relationship yeah. of some sort. And weirdly outdoorsy things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, but so, he's not... A, in, in Jungle to Jungle, it's not a stepfather, is it? No, but it's... it's actual he, father, but yes, he hasn't... But never met. Yeah. Yeah, hasn't had contact with him before. So... Things we remember about Jungle to Jungle. We mentioned before... Nope, that the, false. That's not what we're watching. Whatever. Man the, of the house. Man of the house. <laughs> uh, we mentioned before that they go on a Boy Scout trip and they thwart robbers or people of the mafia for some it's, reason. Yeah, I think yeah, it was... Yeah, it's more yeah. mafia, like, corporate yeah. espionage And I think they're after the dad. Yeah, it had something to do with his he work. Was, something to do with where he works. He was... And yeah. He, he found out think, something that they were going to do. I think maybe? it's a previous note in the film where he has to go pick up the child. It's supposed to be a bonding moment, but somebody has cut his brakes, and so yep. he can't make it. It's the mafia trying to kill him and also a uh, missed opportunity with the child, which kind of ruins their relationship for a bit. I remember there's a lot of pranks that go on, like, yes. yeah, a lot pranks, of the stepfather. Like the, uh, the cold shower. Yeah, and then they, they join the, the reason they go camping they join some Indian scout thing mm-hmm. yeah it's some father and son and he Pow-wow. ends up like really enjoying it and and I, learns all that he gets all the I don't know if he gets I badges, say but he that, learns all the outdoorsy stuff I want to say that norm from cheers is a part yeah, of that yeah I think he's oh yeah but I, I think, think he was like the leader guy wasn't he yeah it, it's another one of those things where the things that happen really early on circle back around to save the day because all mm-hmm. of the prank stuff that's they all bond together and do weird sort of like home alone style pranks to, yeah to save themselves at the end and like they use their boy scout training to get these robbers i think they at one point shoot a beehive that comes mm-hmm. and crashes on them uh i want to say that they also do like the classic snare trap where they go up a tree or something oh, yeah there yeah. involves a cave at some point maybe i'm making up the cave uh, yeah there's cave with like dynamite or something mm, yeah. I okay think. and i i want to say the heart the touchstone of this film is that the mom and the son collect uh things that watch up on the beach and bring them into their home yes and at the very like end the dad brings in a piece that completes it all and makes a heart that they weren't planning on and but i think the very very last scene is they're getting married on the roof right Oh. Wasn't the wedding on the roof the very last thing? Do not I, recall. With some sort of like so. 90s style like It was a song that like I feel like was in every movie of the 90s, but I don't think it was. It was like <laughs> I think it was like Send Me on My Way by Rusted Roots or something like that. Or I'm making that up and I just think Rusted Roots was in literally every <laughs> 90s movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure that out bef- by Maybe the time of our Maybe you just like those 90s movies with oh, their music. Oh, uh, I think in this film there's definitely a montage to the song Hit the Road, Jack. Cause, yeah, because he's trying to get rid of... Is his name Jack? It might be Jack. It might because, be Jack just specifically so they dad. can use that, that 
song. But I, I want to say they tried to do a rain dance one time too, just to make us make it storm for some <laughs> reason. But I don't remember why they were trying to make it rain. Oh, I think they're just being real dumb. <laughs> it might have been like an initiation thing for the new dad, just so he can embarrass himself in front of his child. Oh, oh and yeah. um, um the dance, was, I remember that. Because then he and then they gave each other Indian names, and it was. Um, yes. Something about a dog. <laughs> um. Uh. I thought it was something about pee, like running water or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was like peas on trees or something. I don't yeah, know. Dog with leg lifted or something. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I don't. Uh. All right. Well, that'll be our episode in two weeks. Well, let's get to the end, which is now time for Carl's Morals, or Coral's Morals, if you prefer. Guys, I learned something today. A lot of problems in life all come down to a lack of communication. If the family in this film could have just clearly said what was going on, none of this would have happened. Chance wouldn't have a facial scar, Shadow wouldn't walk with a limp, and Sassy would have one more life. So to people listening, I beg of you... Take a page out of the life of Jack Morgan, Dr. John Doolittle, or Eliza Thornperry. Take the time and learn how to talk to dogs. Please, before it's too late. Good night, everybody. Theme goes here. Hey, game time. What was it? What? Well, Can I thought you... I wrote. I wrote something down, but I don't know what it says now. So I. <laughs> Good job. Dead air. Um, dead air. All right. So we need to insert Sarah's. Where are they now? No, we've never done a where are they now. That's where are they now? Uh, I have the sound clip, it just never comes up. Sally Fields are still famous, and Shadow is dead. (laughs) Really? Well, yes, the actor. The the actor and probably those dogs. But Oh, you gotta listen to the the real thing, non-chipmunk version. No, I was... was Because, yeah, his voice is a delightful baritone that really sells the character. It is, it's it's that, like, wise old man smooth voice where it's like, I feel... I feel like you're smart just because you sound like this. Oh, no, so don't bring it up. Good. I'll cry again. <laughs>